Good evening, everyone. I just want to begin by welcoming back all our college members of this church. I've seen a couple of you back from colleges for Thanksgiving. Please welcome back. We're happy you're back home. And as we come here on this day, the readings of Hajj today, they talk about the tribulation. So I can begin to say, well, that's shaking, really. At times, if you listen to these readings. But uh, I want to tell you a story. There was a king who had become very famous, very smart, very intelligent. And uh, the king all decided to look for the most stupid person in his, in his kingdom. And then he found this guy who was really f- foolish, you can say. So the king called this guy just to entertain him. So whatever, whatever he said made the king laugh. Whatever he did made the king laugh. So the king loved this guy because it makes him laugh. So one time the king called this man and told him, okay, I am giving you this palladium. So a palladium is like a, like a flag, which represents a nation. He says, I am giving you this flag to keep it. He said, once you, f- you find someone who is more stupid than you, give it to him. So the man kept the flag all the time, the palladium. Time went by, time went by, he didn't find anyone as stupid as him. So when the king was dying after so many years, he called all his nobles and uh, they came to his palace. And he told them, I want to say my farewell to you all. My time has come and I'm going to depart on the journey and I will not see you again. So this is my farewell to you. So this man, they called the fool, said, my Lord, can I ask you something? He said, yes. He asked him, every, every time you've been going on a journey, you've been sending your soldiers, your henchmen, your ministers to prepare the way for you. Can I know the arrangements you've made? And the king said, I haven't made any arrangement for this journey. So then the man went back and brought up the palladium and said, finally, I have found the most stupid person than me. He gave it back to the king. This story tells us that uh, in this journey, God is reminding us that this is the 23rd Sunday. The readings are talking about the end of time because being the 23rd Sunday, it means we are left with only one Sunday to come to the end of the church year. So next Sunday is going to be Christ the King. And what happened after that? The advent. The year is gone. The church year has ended. So that's why you have these readings. We talk about the end. So in the first reading from the book of Daniel, it's talking about Michael, that figure which you all know very well. Michael, the archangel. What is the work of Michael? The protector of God's people. It's talking about Michael coming out, protecting the faithful. Faithful, who are the faithful? So the faithful are falling to those who have been faithful to the word of God, to God and their mission. So believers, you on, believe me or not, all of you have missions God has given us. So how are you doing on your mission? If you're a parent, that's your mission. And if you're a child, your mission to be a child, to listen to your parents, what they tell you. Because that's what their mission is, to help you to become into what God wants you to be. So that's why in this apocalyptic language, we hear about these figures. What does that mean? 
talk about all uh, the sky getting dark, the numbers, the animals, the chords. It's a revelation. We have to reveal this mystery of the end. But in the gospel, something which is very interesting we should look at, Jesus uses the same language, quoting Daniel. You will see the Son of Man coming on the crowds. But it says, by the hour and the time, no one knows. What are we going to do as Christians? The gospel we've heard today is called the Olivet Discourse. It talks about those end, end time stuff. But what's important is to focus on what God is giving us today. It's so very easy for us to forget that this literature comes from the struggle. We are always in the struggle between good and bad, evil and good. So in this struggle, what happens? Life still comes out. So that's why you see today we talk about those eschatological tension. The tension that God has already saved us, but we're still struggling to embrace, to be redeemed. He has redeemed us, but we're still struggling. Eschatological tension. It's already done, but it's not yet fulfilled. That's why you see that sin is still conquering us. Sin in our world, sin in the church, the eschatological tension. But it's important to realize that in this struggle, new life comes out. Think about the spring when everything has been dead with snow, and all of a sudden you see the plants starting to bring the buds. New life is coming out of this death. That's how it signifies. So as Christians, the message is not to be worried about the end. It's calling us to think about what God has given us and learn how to appreciate it right now. So we always try to think about the good old days, all the good future times to come. It's now. So if it is now, I am, I'm asking you today, what is the most important thing God has given you in your life and how are you holding on to it? We try always to, to get used to so many things. In the end, we lose the essence of what God has given us. So I'm begging you, Thanksgiving is coming. The families are coming together. Yesterday I told the, the, the teens in school, the eighth graders that this Thanksgiving, put away your cell phones, get off Facebook, enjoy the time with your family because this Thanksgiving won't come back again. So what are you doing and how are you enjoying the moment you have? Do you take it for granted? It's easy to do that. But then when it's gone, we try to think, I wish I knew. So Jesus is teaching us today, what don't you know? You know it. It's time to do it. As a child, I told you the story that I wanted to play, I, I loved so much to play soccer. So I would, I would have to be a soccer player. That was my life, my goal, to be a soccer player. And uh, my parents, of course, they never loved it. Because they have teachers and doctors, so that was nonsense to them. But my grandpa loved me. He's the only one who believed in me. He supported me to become that. And you know what? Every time we went to play soccer out of the country, he was at the airport picking me up every time. And one night before I left to play soccer in South Africa, we had a big fight. And uh, I was just being stubborn. That's the truth. 
But then I said, okay, Grandpa, I don't want to talk to you today. I went, I spent time with my friends because it's cool to be with friends. It's fun to be with friends. I came back at 9 p.m., Grandpa was still awake. I said, oh, no. I went to my bedroom. He came and knocked and said, Martin, I won't speak with you. I said, go away. I slammed my door on him. Morning came, we went out to play soccer in South Africa. After a few days, I come back, and my grandpa is not there. I asked my mom, where is grandpa? He said, he died the day you left. You know why? Ever since that day, there's nothing I can't give to have a minute with him. I took him for granted. I thought he's going to be there all the time. So please, if you have someone you want to tell that you love, don't wait tomorrow. If you have someone you want to say that you are sorry, don't wait tomorrow. No one knows the time or the hour. So God is teaching us a very important lesson. What I am giving you now, learn how to treasure it. Learn how to use it. You don't know when it will be taken away from you. So in Thanksgiving, I am challenging you. Go and cherish your families. Go and embrace your families. Embrace the love you have and what God has given you. The Lord be with you.